Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Monday, August 14th, 2023, and we have several cryptocurrency cryptopians who are in my book. They are celebrities because today is their birthday. But I want to backstep just a little bit because on Friday, I didn't get an opportunity to wish happy birthday to Elon Blackman of Indianapolis, Indiana, Donald Bogan of Oakley, Utah, Carolyn Boyd of Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and Nikki Howard Combs of Novi, Michigan. And today, those birthday cryptopians are Angela Hester of Chicago, Illinois, Munor Rushdan of White Plains, Maryland, Carmia Marshall of Brooklyn, New York, and Teresa Thomas of Fort Wayne, Indiana. To all of you, and even if your birthday was this weekend, I want to say to each and every one of you, Happy birthday. I hope your day today is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding you deserve on this fantastic day, which is your birthday. And today, I'm just going to do a quote because we got to get some small steps going as I continue to talk to folks and really just help them understand that in this cryptocurrency space, in this Learning about Bitcoin space, it is about small steps. And so the quote today says, small steps in the right direction can turn out to be the biggest step in your life. And um, that is absolutely the truth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. As you know, we have been trying to learn history of money. Things that have taken place in the past that are repeating themselves, that are consistently repeating themselves and showing up on our doorstep. And with that, we are going to talk about digital assets, of course, because that's why you're here. Uh, But we're also going to talk about hard assets. And in that, we know that that's real estate and gold. But I have some facts that I really want to share with you about gold today. Uh, as we really make our way into the hard assets and ensure that we really understand what's happening as it relates to real estate. Unfortunately, uh, some of our youth are being taunted, taunted <laughs> as the unluckiest generation. And I really don't like, I say luck only counts in horseshoes, but our youth Our youngsters are out trying to find properties and I am watching what is happening with them. And I really want to share some of the things that are happening as home buying really gets harder for them. And then as it relates to gold, what 
things we need to be taking a look at in history that will allow us to really get ourselves safe. And um, just really talking to a couple of folks over the weekend about their quest to buy properties and just really try to figure this thing out because they have steady jobs. They've paid off their student loans and they're really having some difficulty really finding uh, what they need to find. And so we're going to have a conversation about that today and what's actually driving wealth right now in America, because Typically, it's real estate that is the driver of wealth for most Americans. And I'm just looking at the Homestead Act and just several other things that other nationalities were able to take advantage of to really bring the type of wealth that they need, generational wealth, into their families. And so it is time for us to really understand what's happening so we know how to pivot We know how to adjust. We know how to accept things, uh, interest rates and things of that sort if we're going to get ahead. So when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation on the second wealth uh, stool, uh, and that is actually hard assets. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. It's KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, moment. more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So let's jump into this. And this may help. You may not be in this age group, but this may actually help you understand what's happening with your children, because I know I have children in this age range. As well as uh, many of you have children and grandchildren in this age range. And again, they're being called the unluckiest generation. And they were born between 1981 and 1996. These are our millennials, right? And since they've entered the workforce, they have been really experiencing some of the slowest economic growth of any age group. And right now they're in their prime. These are their heydays and they're really finding it hard to really deal with a lot of the financial adjustments that are happening. They've been weighed down by the student debt. Uh, that they have. And for those that have children, the child care costs are astronomical. Um, one of the other things is, ladies and gentlemen, I am prepping our community for what is inevitable. We will, unfortunately, because of the markets from what we see coming, we will have to do a better job working together intergenerational, meaning in a household, there may be a a grandparent, a a child and grandchildren and even great grandchildren in a home just because of the cost and the things that are happening around us. But these millennials, unfortunately, are not being able to buy property the way that they want to. And this isn't just in our community, ladies and gentlemen, this is across the board, across the United States, because the rising interest rates are persistently um, making the the asking prices kind of erode their buying power. The medium U.S. home, and I'm not even 
talking about California because it's absolutely ridiculous. But the median U.S. home was sold for $416,000 in this second quarter of 2023, which is a 26% jump since. 2020 and the federal reserve is who is actually reporting this and so i took a look to really figure out what we would do or what our community would do if the median sales prices are significantly higher in the northeast now listen to this in the northeast seven hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars they're actually the median sales prices are higher than the West. The West is 547. So maybe you're listening to me and you're in the Northeast. Um, but in the West, we're still pretty darn high. And um, the the average, average mortgage is 30 years fixed mortgage rate is hovering around 7%. That's actually nearly three times the 2.6% recorded earlier in 2021. So the bottom line is most of the millennials are getting frustrated because they feel like they've missed the boat. If they didn't come out of COVID and buy a property right in COVID and they're trying right now, a lot of them are really getting frustrated. And so I want to help you understand that so you know exactly what is going on because baby boomers are again dominating the markets. Now, how was that and why is that? So we know that baby boomers, um, and I, I tried to share this with you all because as financial advisors, which I'm not anymore on purpose, we literally look at groups of individuals born at certain times to really figure out what financial products we should get them in based on what matters to them. You can only sell a financial product based on what's important to the person you're talking to, right? That makes sense. So the baby boomers have made or created every industry from the time they were babies to Gerber, that was Gerber. Then they moved into buying cars and as teenagers, that's where Ford Mustang was birthed. And then they went into home ownership and then there was a boom in the housing market and then they're going into retirement. And so this is the time that they're retiring, right? They're between, of course, uh, 65 and 80 they're retiring, but there's another trend that is starting to happening. They are starting to dominate the market for homes because they bought their properties cheap and they can either sell their properties or refinance their properties. And they're coming back in to buy second and third homes and they actually have cash. And so for the first time in history, um, the median age of home buyers actually rises to about 36. And if you have children, like I said, between those years that I just said, it's a little bit different and difficult for them because of the high interest rates and the asking prices of these properties. And uh, a lot of these Folks that are trying to buy jobs, of course, they're young and they have steady jobs. They paid off student loans and just really landing one property um, 
and trying to juggle a budget is really daunting. And so there's also a pressure to really move fast, to buy property like right now, as quick as you can, especially uh, if you're in the market for a home and you've already gotten your credit pulled and some of those things. And it really puts uh, the millennials in a weird position because these interest rates are high. The house note is high and the baby boomers, in fact, uh, can come in and buy cash, as I stated before, because they're either in retirement and they've got some extra retirement money uh, to pay or they're refinancing or selling properties and moving elsewhere. But the boomers actually are in the driver's seats. There are they are driving the market right now as we look at real estate. And so unfortunately, it has pushed many of the millennials to the sidelines. So as we look at what needs to be done for a first time home buyer, most of them are older now. And those are the individuals. And when I say older, I'm saying 20, 36, excuse me, because that's the median age. And so it used to be 29, 25, because uh, these baby boomers amongst some of the other generations were out of college. They got their you know, pretty good jobs and they were able to really step into first time home ownership. And so the burden is real on our young folks right now because of the high salaries they needed and they don't have these super high salaries like the old folks used to have. And so a lot of the real estate executives are trying to really show our millennials how to get around Um, not having home ownership and what they're telling them is they need to marry the house and date the rate. That's the new word, marry the house and date the rate. And this is something you'll find all over the place because a lot of our millenniums are our millennials are completely lost in the home buying process. And that's another reason why we're stepping up to help our millennials along with everybody else to get their first property, get a rental property, have maybe 10 to 20 doors under their belt so that they can really understand what's going on. But marrying the rate. Uh, marrying the house and dating the rate is something that uh, is being said more now than ever. And the reason they're saying that and the meaning behind marry the house and date the rate is really to buy now and refinance later. Now, there's a good and the bad side to that, because a lot of the times we're being taught to buy now and kind of worry about it later, refinance later. And realistically, this happened in 2008, 2009, when people were getting these option arm loans, they were just buying now, they were accepting the option arm, because what they felt like is they would be able to refinance by the time that note was ready to do its maturity, by the time it was a balloon payment, by the time it doubled and tripled in some cases, and they were unable to do so. Because the interest rates were high. And so the bad side of that is if you buy now with the thought that you will refinance later, 
Unfortunately, the feds are continuing to raise the rates and it doesn't look like these rates are going to go down anytime soon. And you don't want anybody to push you into making a decision that may hurt you later. And on the flip side of that, because a lot of people are being taught right now in other nationalities to buy now and refinance later, I think we're going to be able to take advantage of the market in about five years because a lot of people will be falling out of these properties. They won't be able to refinance and we will have action at buying these properties at a much cheaper cost than we are looking and seeing right now. And so if you are not 100% comfortable with the rate that you're being given or what is being asked, asked of you as it relates to buying properties right now, I would say hold off. Uh, the date, the rate mantra actually has been bouncing around these real estate circles probably for about the last year. But the right rate hikes every single month are really um really putting a damper on that campaign because these aggressive rate hikes uh, are are supposed to be crushing inflation and it's really not happening. And so since it's not happening, I am suggesting that we'll probably get a couple of more rate hikes by the feds before we see any relief. And so we want our buyers of real estate to be comfortable. And so what I'm suggesting, and a lot of you know your children, your nieces, your nephews that are millennials and they're trying to get in these properties, um, it may be best to form some sort of LLC and a couple of you go in together so that they can get a better rate. Not that they're going to get a great rate, but they can get a better rate if they have enough individuals that have the right credit to be able to make some of these hard asset purchases because this actually is a good time because even if they're not going to live in the property, they can rent the property and really make a substantial amount of money. And we're talking about all different types of things that you can do with these hard assets other than just live in it. And I know a lot of people need places to live. So if we look at the big picture, we really need to just understand the complexities of this housing market. And it may be beneficial to rent it based on the interest rate because you have such a high mortgage and you're going to need, and people need a place to live. They need a good, nice place to live. And if that's an investment you can afford to make, it is really a great opportunity uh, in this market to have a house that is going to be rented. And I've been really taking a look at different websites lately and houses are not staying on the market that are for rent. It's um, it's it's really interesting. They're hitting the market and they're getting off the market quick. And these uh, home renters and the companies that are renting homes to people, they're really getting cocky because they have a large pool of individuals to rent from. And this goes back to what I keep slipping into our conversation. By 2030, you own nothing and be happy. And so if you're going to own nothing, what are you going to live in? That means you're going to live in a rented home, a rented condo, 
condo, a rented apartment or something of that sort, and somebody has to own it. And we need to put ourselves in a position right now that we can be the homeowner that has a home, if you're not living in it, that you can rent out and really pay your mortgage off without you having to come out of the pocket. And so there are a lot of different creative loans that are out there that will allow you to qualify with just a bank statement. You don't even need credit uh, or things of that sort. And so we want to really make sure that we're looking at this new theory that they've come out with on dating the rate because it isn't really crazy advice, but it definitely is risky. Um, when you're when you're buying a home or when you're helping somebody to buy a home or and again it takes entrepreneurship what i'm talking about especially if you want to pay off the house that you're renting and then have some money left over to pay for and and foot the bill for where you're living it's absolutely possible i'm watching it being done and we've got a couple of people that would typically uh be looking to live in an apartment that have now started getting their own properties their own property and looking to rent other properties to subsidize their their current living situation even if it's just a couple of hundred dollars a month that you can add to the house that you're living in with uh and because you've bought a house uh, that's paying for itself and I won't say that Airbnb is the greatest situation because there's a lot of things that are going on with Airbnb but there are long-term rentals that you can actually do and so uh, from the hard asset perspective this is something that is uh, safer in a lot of people's eyes and I wanted to make sure that I'm helping you understand why our millennials are not getting the properties and the things that they need, even if they want to rent a property to do some sort of um, extended stay or Airbnb or things like that. There are apartment buildings now that are being built specifically for that, but they're requesting that the individuals make five times the rent, five times the rent, not three, five times the rent. And for our millennials, that becomes hard. So again, baby boomers are stepping in and doing some of the things that the millennials can't do. And then the Gen Xers don't want to do. And so as we look at hard assets, ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the quickest way to gain wealth in the United States. And I'm going to keep you posted on what we need to do to do that. When we come forward after news, sports and traffic, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. As we just continue, please know that I am passionate about making sure that we actually have something to hand down to our children and our children's children. And a lot of us, unfortunately, did not uh, or do not have properties that we can pass down to our heirs and our, our children, children's children, whatever that looks like. And real estate, hard assets is one of those things that have been passed down that have allowed other 
nationalities to really be able to get a head start. And if we don't get a handle on what is happening, we are going to have to bow out of this so-called, and I don't even want to call it an American dream because sometimes um, it's not that. And I don't want to put a negative spin on that, but it has been absolutely um difficult for a lot of us to really get a hold on the significance of holding on to properties and having massive amounts of property or being able to use properties as leverage. It is really, really critical at this particular juncture that we're able to do that. And again, with the interest rates being higher and the prices still kind of sky high, is really causing our community, our millennials, to run away from home ownership and they're getting into uh, cheaper types of things. I mean, I can't even tell you how many conversations I've had with people that are really ready to just settle for tiny homes. And when I say tiny homes, I'm talking about shipping containers and they don't even really care if they ever have home ownership. They just don't anymore. And so I think that those of us that are older, those of us that have an opportunity to reach down and talk to our millennials to really just encourage them to really do what they need to do to get into some of these properties and do something unconventional. I am watching more and more individuals that have homes, hard assets that are actually renting out a room inside of their house on a regular basis. Now that can be a little bit, uh, dangerous i will say that and if you're not on an app a specific app that is designed to do that but i'm also watching people pay their mortgages by renting out a room in a house in the actual house that you live in and there's one designated area maybe a room that has a master suite that you're renting out on a on a weekly basis and there's just so many things that are happening right now that will allow us to really get ahead and so just got to really figure out what's good for you but again if this isn't for you i want you to think about your nieces and nephews children grandchildren and see if you can start to give them some some direction where they can take the first step to really figure out what home ownership looks like because this is going to be the time even if they're not purchasing right now to really understand the real estate game and how this works. So when the interest rates do drop or when some of these people that are getting into some of these bad loans are not able to actually make the, the mortgage notes, we can be in place and have our ducks in order, like our credit and some of those things. So we can step into these properties and really make uh, make up for the wealth gap and and some of those things. So we're 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 moving in that direction, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they may even have to go to cheaper areas to purchase properties, but it is not impossible for people in this market right now to purchase homes. They're out there, and more and more and more, they're going to be available. We have to get ready, and we have to stay ready, so we can make 
a positive change in closing the wealth gap in our community. So that's my hard asset talk for the day. Um, I'm hoping that gave you a better perspective on how you might help some of the millennials around you that are really frustrated and are really not caring at all about home ownership because we have to get them in order quickly because we don't want them to be among the 2030 folks that own nothing and are happy. We got to do something. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into our digital asset conversation today. Bitcoin right now is trading at twenty nine thousand three hundred and fifty eight dollars. And I will say this really quickly before I get into the ups and the downs of it. Bitcoin is not going anywhere. People are buying Bitcoin steadily. I am watching some of these wallet addresses. Bitcoin is moving. It's moving all around. Uh, right now, when I look at the fear and greed index for the cryptocurrency space, we're at the first time I've, I've not once, I don't think, in the past couple of years, looked at it and it was actually 50. That means it's neutral. People aren't really in fear and people are not really in greed mode. They're just 50. It's just neutral. And so that being said, Bitcoin in the last hour is up 0.07%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 0.15%. In the last seven days, it's up 0.78%. Ethereum is trading at 1000 $842. It is up in the last hour, 0.09%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 0.59%. And in the last seven days, it is up 1.05%. And ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you that everyone is watching all these different markets. They're watching the stock market. They're watching the treasuries. They're watching everything. Just, I just really feel like a lot of people are standing on the sidelines trying to really figure out what to do. But I know that there was a mass exodus of money from JP Morgan this weekend and nobody is really talking about it. I mean, in its totality. And it's just really interesting when people start talking about the banks and again, a run on the banks or really just trying to figure out what is going on. But uh, there was a massive amount of money that was frozen at JP Morgan. And what we'll do is kind of dig into um, this money that has disappeared or been frozen or taken out of this account. And and it was uh, it's just nine ninety nine. Well, I'll just read it so you all can. This ninety nine million dollars was withdrawn from um, J.P. Morgan and Chase is accused of initiating massive transactions and freezing bank accounts. Now, we have talked about why cryptocurrency is so important, but this is a banking blunder and it is going viral after Reddit users actually reported a truly massive withdrawal from JP Chase, JP Morgan Chase. 
And uh, remember I told you Reddit was a website that people post things and you cannot erase it. It's decentralized. And so um, the post was at the front page of Reddit after a user stated that the bank abruptly withdrew over $99 billion from his checking account. And um, it caused his account to be frozen and all attempts to contact customer service uh, for explanation have failed. Now, again, it's not hasn't been on the news to to the magnitude that I think it should. But there are just so many cases that are jumping up on Reddit where all of these um, accounts money is missing and there's no customer service to really address the issue so i don't know if they've opened the account today because they haven't been talking about it again uh since i saw it on um which i saw it in um on reddit but it's really a glitch i believe it's a glitch but it's it's been overdrawn by this massive amount and nobody's talking about it and so in the cryptocurrency space this is one of the things that drives people to say see you shouldn't have your money in the bank you should have your money in bitcoin or another cryptocurrency because you don't know what the bank is going to do and so a lot of people were posting on social media on reddit these screenshots of their accounts being overdrawn almost 99 billion dollars with a present balance uh that there is no present balance because there's nothing available and so that means all of the money that they would have in the account is not there today and so um this is just another another insight on banking glitches and something that could take place that could be what people are looking at or what the banking industry is looking at to start to implement the digital dollar because i saw a couple of articles or a couple of comments that stated if we had central bank digital currencies in place this would not be able to happen and people wouldn't be uh really scrambling right now these individuals wouldn't be scrambling because their accounts wouldn't be overdrawn but they don't know what's going on because they can't get in contact with jp morgan chase's uh customer service about this so uh even abc news is investigating the issue so when we come forward we'll continue the conversation this is kbla talk 1580 all right welcome forward welcome forward i just wanted to bring to the forefront uh in other countries how bitcoin advocates are coming to the forefront there's someone by the name of Javier Miley, who is a libertarian candidate, who is an advocate for Bitcoin and the advocate for the elimination of the central bank and has spoken very, very, very favorably about Bitcoin. He actually won the primary presidential election in Argentina. And so as we look at this, he is stating or being dubbed as the freedom uh, advocate and so he is in the primaries he's won the primaries and this is something to look at because remember i told you you want to be holding an asset that is going to be used around the world and so this is a big deal at this point in time 
And uh, I also want to make sure that everybody knows who or what is supposed to be regulating several cryptocurrencies, right? And I also want to keep the black and brown community's finger on the pulse as it relates to the things that you're being sold and told that are they're going to have some value in the very near future, which is why I always say I am not um, at all a financial advisor, not providing financial advice, rather uh, telling you what I'm doing, showing you what I'm doing so that you can figure those things out. So uh, about eight months ago now, I talked to you all about some individuals uh, selling gold back cryptocurrencies or gold that have the equivalence of a cryptocurrency in in the in your wallet i don't even know how to explain it without telling what they're doing but they are selling the cryptocurrency they're giving you the gold equivalent and this gold is in this piece of plastic that cannot be opened and it is supposed to be worth i don't know 300 and something dollars and you can do that yourself by the way but and i'm not saying have the cryptocurrency but uh i just wanted you all to know that some folks have been brought to justice in florida louisiana arkansas uh for cryptocurrency fraud the regulatory body um called the cftc and that's who is supposed to regulate bitcoin because bitcoin is a commodity and that stands for the commodities future trading commission has initiated legal proceedings against some individuals in their organization called funds citing their involvement in deceptive schemes concerning cryptocurrencies and precious metal trading and so i will go as far to say is the church of scientology along with several individuals unfortunately in uh the noi nation of islam um have been selling these not this particular cryptocurrency and precious metals but the reason i'm bringing it up is because you need to make sure if you're holding those cryptocurrencies or precious metals that everything is being done uh not that they're not doing anything above board but as regulation comes in it may change the value of that coin and the gold that you actually hold but these individuals uh, have actually been charged with fraud and enticing investors um, with Im- implausible returns based on the proprietary algorithm of the actual coin. Now, I don't know what they're saying with the Church of Scientology slash um, Nation of Islam coin, gold coin, but you really need to check into that and and make sure that no CFTC law has been broken because they have the ability to to confiscate the gold as well as the cryptocurrency and leave people with with nothing. And so these individuals that were arrested were promising people a steady return of 3% profits every single week through this cryptocurrency and precious metal trading platform so please make sure that you are paying attention 
that you are doing your due diligence and that if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And 3% to 4% a week only lasts for so long until uh, it collapses because that's actually like a Ponzi scheme. You're paying a lot of people and the word gets out and people really feel like it's doing good and it may go along for a year or two, but at the at the end of it, uh, it's just going to disappear. And so they've actually filed charges on several of these individuals for metals fraud. And so it's something worth noting and taking a look into. And again, the name of that company, in case you have something invested, is Funds, F-U-N-D-S-Z. When we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. Hello, welcome forward, welcome forward. I just want to say this, please, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that you need to hear and pass on. As I was doing some research this weekend, I was looking at how the scammers are utilizing the word yes to get into some people's accounts, not just cryptocurrencies accounts. I'm talking about banking accounts. I'm talking about trading accounts. And yes, it's the word yes. And what happens is when your phone rings and it's a random number and somebody says, hi, is this Naja Roberts? And I say, yes, it is. Um, They're able to take that yes and record that yes and use it to open different accounts that you may have with using voice recognition and so um it is a cautionary uh, measure for you to not answer the phone and say yes uh, to anybody that you don't know uh you want to make sure you're asking who is this why what is this call in reference to without using the word yes it's a little bit difficult because you got to catch yourself especially if it looks like you know the number like it looks like it's coming in from chase or pnc bank or something like that you because it comes up in your caller id that doesn't it isn't necessarily where it's coming from and so i want to make sure that you all are careful about that because it looks like some of the bank accounts are being hacked based on voice recognition and the word yes being utilized And um, we just got to really keep our eyes and ears open for new things and and little intricacies that you don't even think about on a day to day basis that puts you in a different type of a situation for somebody to take advantage of you. Also, ladies and gentlemen, there are people online. If you're if you have PayPal, if you do PayPal, they are actually scammers right now are selling fake PayPal USD tokens. Because remember, PayPal has a cryptocurrency that's supposed to be uh, not backed by gold, but tied to or pegged to the U.S. dollar. And so they have some fake PayPal USD tokens that are out there on different blockchains. So be careful if you're out there. Again, if somebody approaches you and it sounds too good, it usually is going to be true. And we just want to make sure that we're continuing to stay safe. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about another hard asset. Remember, I told you we're going to talk about some history and um, 
what is actually going on with the hard set hard asset gold how history repeats itself in the meantime we are making way for the dl hughley show ladies and gentlemen i want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here on ahead of the crypto curve if you missed the beginning of the show we are talking about why we're going to have to really help our millennials get in position and not get frustrated with the hard asset called real estate. When we come forward tomorrow, though, we're going to continue to talk about hard assets and what we need to be doing. We are creating Satoshi millionaires because we're dollar cost averaging. We are continuing to dollar cost average every day, every week, every month, whatever you see fit to do, whatever you can afford to lose. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.